This week on Fan Talks, we're discussing Neil Young. Hello, All right, everybody, welcome to Fan Talks. My name is Alex Rice, and as always, we've got Seth Lichtenstein with us as well. Uh, I should note that we have a little uh, programming update. Uh, Fan Talks is now moving to Fridays from Mondays. You know, it's like the TV shows. Now on Fridays, Fan Talks. Right, right. And it's every other week. We got bumped for poor ratings. Poor ratings, yeah. So yeah, we're going to be doing fan talks every other week. So if you don't see us every Monday, don't worry. We're going to be every other Friday, right where you found us. And we've got a few more uh, podcasts joining us on the Bandbox Podcast Network as well. So look out for those. The 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 executives are are hoping for. Yeah, yeah. They're giving our time. So they're giving our prime slot to those podcasts, hoping for some better rating. Yeah, they thought they'd give the network, try and give the network a little shot in the arm before they just shut the whole thing down completely. This week on Fantox, this time I should say on Fantox, we're discussing uh, the band leader of the Stray Gators, the band leader of the Shocking Pinks, the band leader of the Promise of the Real. Well, not Probably the band leader, but yeah, but collaborator, collaborator, collaborator with the promise of the real band leader of Crazy Horse, shaking himself, Neil Young. Like with our Tom Petty episode, we kind of switched up the format. We're going to do a similar thing this week. We're going to be alternating, counting down our top fives, like with Tom Petty, but we're doing albums instead of songs. And Seth is going to be giving his top five albums of the 60s and 70s. I will be giving my top five albums of the 80s on. You sort of get to uh, talk about things, people, maybe maybe a little bit more of the uh, educational role here, and whereas I'm just kind of rehashing the uh, the, the classics. I don't know but, about that. Yeah. I think it fits our music yeah. fan inclinations well. You know, I think so. I, I think so too. It's you not cover that... a, you you know more albums by different artists than I do, uh-huh. but you don't go as deep, right? Usually, yeah, no, so, yeah, that's 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 and often also, true. I think you appreciate if if we reverse the roles, you know, I could easily do my top five of the 60s and 70s, but it I feel be... like proportionally they're appreciated more by you. And I, I love all of his experimental whims that he goes, you know, yeah, right. Even if you the do... songs aren't, yeah, maybe the songs on Living with War, which, you know, the much maligned by you, Living with War. I love Living with War. Even if, yeah, those songs aren't nearly as good as those on Everybody Knows His Nowhere, Zuma. I find the experimental Neil Young a lot more interesting, I feel like. Although, you're calling that album experimental. Okay, you know what I mean, though. Uh, you know, he, he goes, he's gone into a lot of different places since you know, from the 80s on. Right, right. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, he's done, you know, all kinds of stuff. Weird concept albums. Right. uh, Electronic. Yeah, he's been blues, electronic, folk, yeah. You know, folky, yeah. So I think by by doing this, we will cover the, try to cover the whole ground of the Neil Young discography. So uh, do you want to go first with your fifth best Neil Young album of the 60s and 70s? Number five is important because the other ones, it's like, okay, we I could quibble about the order of them, but either way, they're making the show, right? Right. But, right. but number five, now this was hard. This was harder. Um, so with apologies to um, Time Fades Away, everybody knows this is Nowhere and Zuma, I, I chose Harvest. What ed- what edged edged uh, Harvest over Zuma? It was a hard choice. I might even prefer listening to Zuma, on- honestly, just because I I've heard um, some of the better songs on Harvest so many times. Are anyway, mm-hmm. um, and other 
forms. So I'm trying not to hold that against the album itself, but I couldn't deny the number of uh, a truly great, you know, classic Neil Young songs on on Harvest and the overall uh, uh, conception of it as an album. You know, the the cohesiveness and the sound that's that's sort of classic Neil Young. It is, I, I would say, probably slightly more essential in the Neil Young story. For that reason, I I narrowly gave uh, Harvest a nod. Harvest does have one of my least favorite Neil Young songs on it, A Man Needs a Maid. It's just a very overwrought... Um, it is melodramatic. I'll give you that. I like A Man Needs a Maid, but it is mel- melodramatic. I feel like you could lose A Man Needs a Maid and There's a World, even though there are... There's songs. a World is the other one. I don't, don't really care. Sonically. Yeah, and I don't really care for either of them. Honestly, yeah. I don't really care for There's a World, although it's the lyrics are less preposterous, so it's ruined a little bit less for me. Mm. But um, yeah, you know, those. so those two are like the weak points you know um are you ready for the country is an okay song nothing special right the rest of the album is all excellent uh you know i'd say heart of gold is maybe the most overrated neil young song but it's obviously still a a very good song right you know you're talking about where you don't want to let the popularity or the overratedness of the songs mar just your your critical opinion in a vacuum Mm -hmm. i don't have to do that with heart of gold I, it's still as great to me as the first time I heard it. You know, if I hear it, I'm not like, oh, Heart yeah. of Gold. You know, I, I, I like right, the song right. a lot, obviously, but um, I would not put it, I guess, as high as you. I think, you know, it's it's somewhat trite by Neil Young standards. Yeah, no, um, sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, but it does it does have a good melody and good song. I, I think Old Man, similarly, I prefer Old Man easily, but, um, you know, same sort of, same sort of deal. So what's your favorite song on Harvest? So my favorite song on Harvest is, um, I'm doing an Alex Rice and picking the last song. Yeah. So, words Between the Lines of Age. chorus is great but then it, it also has like uh these different sections of it like the slow and, and like it's like at like three different like speeds he does it at yes. you know and um so that changes yeah that weird yeah. structural and like that that kind of slow uh soloing section in the middle um but like it doesn't lose too much steam and then it comes back and then when it comes back at the end in the final chorus and the chorus is so like uh is such a like awesome because the melody of the verse is so is like wet, wets your appetite so well and yeah. then it has that it, it, it hits you it, it, he hits the he hits the crescendo perfectly those are some of his best lyrics too they're mystical they're dreamlike so that's my favorite my other uh, mentions would be like you know the needle and the damage done i think is a short but um classic song you know um obviously very personal sad topic and then you know out on the weekend the first song that's such a like pleasing song it's such a contrast to words tonally she's so fine she's in my mind i hear her calling see the lonely boy out on the weekend trying to So my fifth best 80s on Neil Young album uh, goes conceptually with yours. Harvest Moon is my pick for number five. From the 70s through the 2000s, he kind of did his own harvest for each decade. You know, in the 80s, you got Old Ways. And then you got Harvest Moon in the 90s, Prairie Wind in in the 2000s. That's a great album too. But um, Harvest Moon is awesome. You know, it's part of his kind of critical and commercial comeback. He uh, overcorrected from where, or he risked overcorrecting, I would say, from where he was going in the 80s, because the 80s, it was just like a different kind of album. You know, it was an electro album, it was a country album, and it was, you know, a synth rock album. And, 
you know, in right. a blues album, you never know what you're going to get. But, you know, starting with Freedom, he kind of, he started to get more back in the good graces of his, his older, his old 70s fans. And, and also just Riddicks. commercially, he started getting Commercially, yeah. Fans. I mean, Rockin' in the Free World, Harvest Moon, uh, those so, are two of his biggest songs. In that sense, it's sort of like uh, the other fan talks, like, so it's sort of a bit like Petty. Him and it is, Petty yeah. It's, and at the same time, we're both, too. We're both kind of having that early 90s renaissance. That's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that parallel. Uh, Harvest Moon uh, is especially elevated to me, for me, by, uh, by Natural Beauty, the last song. It's one thing for Neil Young to do like the the 10, 12 minute jam, you know, with Crazy Horse, because you've got so many different elements you can go to. But right. just the fact that he can do it just as well with just like an acoustic guitar is incredible. Like that song, it, it's right. 10 minutes long, but it doesn't feel like it. And you're never bored. And even though it's just him He's and like Nick Larson playing, you know, just on an acoustic, it's incredible how he can just enrapture you like that. I think he's second only to... Uh to Bob Dylan and the diversity of long songs as a yes. of long right. rock songs. Right, right. Yeah. But when um, you strip the song down to its to its right. bare elements, this the verse and chorus, most people can't keep it going for 10 minutes. But you know. No, right. You're like, all right, you're rambling. But right. you know, he's not. You know. No. And just the fact that it's a, you know, it's a song that's it's the 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 kind of the pre-climate age climate song, you know? Not that people weren't talking about the environment in 1992, but it wasn't uh, such a huge topic. It should have been, but yes. Yeah, and those are just beautiful lyrics as well. Obviously, also from Hank to Hendrix and Unknown Legend. Those are great songs as well. Dreaming Man. Unknown Legend. I love that song. Yeah. yeah. Just, the way, song. just the way it lifts into the chorus. She grew up in a small town. Never put her roots down. Daddy always kept moving. Somewhere on a desert highway, she rides a Harley Davidson. Her long blonde hair flying away. Okay, so what's your uh, what's your number four? Let's uh, dive a little deeper. We've got the harvest, the commercial stuff out of the way. Let's dive into the ditch trilogy with oh. number four and go with tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. What a fascinating album, and one that I feel like there's another level of appreciation for me to reach on tonight's night, even though I love it. I fully agree. You recognize its greatness, even as it doesn't. Uh, it's not like it's not like the funnest listen, you know. No, yeah, no, it's not one you're gonna put on, on a not, road trip. It's no, it's not. You're right. It's it's, it's, it's very much right. It's a very much sit in isolation and listen to album, and it's a very uh, a moving record. I find it fascinating, like how raw it is. Just not just like lyrically, but just like musically. How yeah. it sounds it sounds very much like it was like it's not live, like you know, time fades away or where mm -hmm. most of us never sleep. It it very much feels like it was sort of done, you know, in one like rough Yeah, rough it's just day. like, all right, everybody, take a shot or two of tequila. And yeah. then um, you know, and then the um the whole album being sort of a tribute to, you know, obviously uh tonight's night names. Um I better get his name right, since he's in the song Bruce Barry, right? Right. And and Danny Witten, um, you know, and they're two guys that both um, had died, you know, in the last few years from drugs. Sort of a tribute to them. So I love the inclusion of uh, Come On Baby, Let's Go Downtown, the only, like, the one thrown in, like you were talking about, where he'll just throw in a live song, like, right. threw that one in. But 
but that one as a tribute to Danny Witten and that's right. just, just like beautiful like awesome like fun live performance that it, it it's a nice breakup from uh for the rest of the album not um not that the whole album is like a dirge or anything but just that I don't know that's a cool tribute and when you think about it it's also just like a good fun song too but you know um so uh, uh what are some of your other favorite songs on the album uh tonight's the night the title track mm. um I, I guess i would go with the first version uh as my favorite part one part one yeah i think that would that would be my choice you know the the other songs there's not any one that stands out but there's yeah. no there's no like weak weak songs it's one of those albums that's uh even greater than the some of its parts it is it's really the ultimate um ditch album it was considered a trilogy but this album was the epitome of it it sort of embodies that that uh um whatever disillusionment um neil was failing at the time yeah okay so my number four of uh the 80s on also a shame and just a total shocker to me that it didn't uh get the same commercial acclaim as Harvest and After the Gold Rush, 2003's Greendale. shocked yeah i was shocked pink that uh greendale didn't go straight to number one on the billboard charts i mean a environmentally minded concept record about a murder in a small california town no but you know uh, greendale is i it's got some it's got some jams oh yeah uh be the rain is right. one of my favorite neil young songs and it's one of those you have to really pay attention to because it's just like it's basically an audiobook it takes the concept record and takes it a step further because it's like, he's just telling the story. You know, it's right. usually the concept record is gonna jump around different points and kind of go in and out of the concept. This is just, it just tells the story song by song. It does have songs that like where they break just, you know, are just more normal like structured songs. Where... There are songs that you can listen to and appreciate outside of its concept, but when they toured it, they played it all through. There's a, there's a movie where it's like, he's got, actors acting it out alongside him and crazy horses they play it which is awesome so my dad my dad saw him on that tour probably oh, really? yeah and he he told me about that about like yeah and they and they had the whole they had all the actors and stuff right. on stage and... yeah so greendale it's like it's one of those times he went for it and it was just totally hit for me be the rain especially is you know it's another one of those super long rockers it's like nine minutes and it's just got one of his best melodies. It's like a, it's like Crazy Horse doing a Mamas and Papas song. Yeah, sort of. But yeah, but then it's also like a Ragged Glory jam. You know? Yeah, and it's also, but it's all, yeah, it's like Ragged Glory era Crazy Horse doing Mamas right. and Papas. Yeah, uh, and then also, I also love Bandit, Falling from Above. It's it's super long. It's a commitment. It's a it's one of those Neil Young albums that's a commitment. It's not an easy listen, although not in the same way as Tonight Tonight. But right, uh, it rewards repeated listens yeah. and diving it into is, it yeah how long is it it's like uh, it's over an hour it's maybe like an hour yeah. 12 or something right an it's hour like, 18 it's an hour and 18 minutes long uh what's your what's your number three all right number three greatest neil young album uh <laughs> but i'm only doing the 60s and 70s uh is 1970s after the gold rush i was lying in a burned out basement with the full moon in my eyes I was hoping for replacement When the sun burst through the sky There was a band playing in my head And I felt like getting high It's just an all-time classic. What do you, I mean, what do you want from me? It's, like, it's a classic. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my favorite songs on After the Gold Rush are um, Don't Let It Bring You Down, After the Gold Rush, and Southern Man. I would say those are probably my three favorite, but I could be talking to When You Dance I Can Really Love or Only Love Can Break Your Heart. There's no weaknesses on this album. Even the two like little ditties that close each side. I love Triple Creek Ferry. 
I, yeah, Cripple Creek Ferry is great. Um, I love it. And even till the morning comes, but yeah. Cripple Creek Ferry is a great way to end an album. It's like, you know, it, it's that little bit of, uh, just, you know, come down that you need, right? Yeah. Even I Believe in You before that's a, a beautiful song. So, uh, you know, after the gold rush, the song it, it is, I think if you you hear it a lot, um, that you maybe you, um, it's one of those songs that y'all, you, you can maybe stop appreciating the greatness of because you've heard it so many times but what a gorgeous melody with great lyrics you know just and, and uh I love don't let it bring you down that's just such a cool like catchy jam you know like three minutes of just like rock and roll perfection there there's no there's no man needs a maid on after the gold rush right right so so I know harvest is maybe the slightly more famous Neil Young album but of the two, After the Gold Rush is my favorite. I've seen some funny memes of um, the old lady that's passing him, right, on the album cover. Like other people wearing her as a backpack. <laughs> it does look like a backpack. It does look like he has, it looks like he has like a, he's like, he has like a baby backpack. With a, <laughs> Except it's an old lady. It's an old lady in it, yeah. Hey, hey, Cripple Creek Ferry, running through. Okay, so my number three is Mirror Ball. And I think, I think it's just the spirit of the album. Throw Your Hatred Down, I'm the Ocean, two of my favorite Neil Young songs of all time. It's just like one of those albums was just recorded in a couple days or, you know, a week or whatever. But it doesn't feel tossed off in that way. It captured the lightning in the bottle. But I think, I think that the, the thrown togetherness of it makes, I think, is why it doesn't ascend like Raggy Glory and, and other albums. I think it's mostly songs that, you know, Neil Young could write in his sleep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could he can make his, you know, this isn't made with Crazy Horse, but it's made in the style of Crazy Horse, right? Right. He can make, yeah, a Crazy Horse album. He could write that in his sleep. Yeah. Or in, oh. in a few days. But, and Crazy Horse, uh, now, that we mentioned, now that we mentioned them, uh, they, were, uh, they weren't happy that he, oh. you know, with Pearl Jam. Oh, really? Yeah. Not happy. Yeah, they were pretty pissed. <laughs> They're like, we're the ones that need work. Pearl Jam's like that. <laughs> exactly. What's your number two Neil Young album of the 60s and 70s? My number two Neil Young album of the 60s and 70s, and also all time, is Rust Never Sleeps. And I was just getting up, hit the road before it's light. Trying to catch an hour on the sun. When I saw those thrashers rolling by, looking more than two lanes wide, I was feeling like my day had just begun. So the, the, the tail end of the 70s era of Neil Young. Right. The bookend. The bookend. And an album with bookends. And, and an album the bookend. Just like Tonight's the Night. So that's my second second album of that of this ilk because he really does he does he really does make the same song into like two completely different songs since um, we're able to compare things needlessly are you more of a my my hey hey kind of guy or a uh, hey yeah, hey my my i could go either way definitely um depending on the you know, mood and situation and Vaseline, but I would go with uh i would go with the the uh the closer i would go with the rock out mm. It's pummeling. That's the word that comes to mind when I think of "Hey, hey, my, my." It's pummeling. It's such a it's such a melodic acoustic song, and it's right? it's not it's such an anti melodic rock song. It's just like it's incredible how well it works in such 
pulled a right instead of playing a standard riff in between the in between the the lyrics he just hammers you and it's just as effective no yeah it's great um but yeah no the the guitar line still carries it it's it but with the the pummeling yeah adds it it now carries muscle instead of um right yeah, no, so it's a great, I would love to see that one live, um, you know, just. And tying it back to Mirror Ball, it's why they, you know, that side, side B is why they call him the godfather of grunge. Yeah, it, it or is. Or a big um, part of it, at least. Yeah, classic rock, but but also in, in somewhat of a response to to punk rock. And I think, uh, I think on Rust Never Sleeps is a lot of, Neil sort of assessing himself in the era of punk rock a lot yes. right and and i think at the confluence of neil young and punk rock who ended up being grunge right and and it really speaks to his his ethos of of reinvention and and sort of you know nothing is sacred including himself and a lot of people his age and his generation would you know for him to for him to torque elvis sort of you know say the king right after he died yeah. you know uh, the king's guy is not forgotten. He's like, but this is, you know, this is the story of Johnny Rotten taking right. the the anti Elvis rock star um, and sort of him seeing how the, the this was the new movement of young people um, against people his age, even though he, you know, he's not that old at this point, but you know, old for a rocker, and uh, his his acknowledgement of, of that. Of, of that trend. Uh, some of his greatest uh, work is, is him sort of reconciling his legacy as, or as a folk rocker and, and, and wanting to retain some of that, not see the rock and roll become the, you know, this, this over-sentimentalized dinosaur, you know? Right. So, um, so, so he, he, so in, in my, my, hey, hey, and hey, hey, my, my, he, he says everything that I'm struggling to say, like perfectly, basically. <laughs> and then the, the live recording is awesome. The, the concept of having a, an acoustic side and then a electric side um, and how perfectly and, and coherently they, they play other songs on these themes like Thrasher. Pocahontas. Um, yeah, Pocahontas, absolutely. And then Powderfinger. And then Powderfinger is one of my favorite songs, just yeah. in general. So um, I would go, you know, along with like uh, Like a Hurricane, Cortez the Killer, a couple others, Cowgirl in the Sand, Thrasher. But anyway, I digress. Too many good songs. But uh, but Rust Never Sleeps is, uh, it's forward thinking, but it's also very much a Neil album. And it's... Uh, it was a perfect encapsulation of Neil Young and where he was at this point in time at the end of the 70s. 40 years later, it still perfectly encapsulates just the whole Neil Young ethos. He's thought of again 10 years later as, you know, kind of over the hill, old classic rocker, right? And right. then, but he, he finds this new relevance as the godfather of grunge when grunge hits. And it's a shame that people think of artists that way that you know, because it's just a binary way of thinking, you know, oh, I only hear old man and heart of gold on the radio. It's the late eighties, early nineties. That guy must be lame. He couldn't possibly have any other, he couldn't have any depth to his catalog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, if anything, things that are old that are, are standing the test of time. That's, right. So right. I don't, so I never understood why thinking old things, but you know, I, I, it's not that I like, I don't understand innovation and progression and that I don't, appreciate that and enjoy it but I just never understood the idea of even if they are over the hill like slagging them for that like right but 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 then somehow that makes their 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 old stuff like less good capitalism drives it and the way to make money isn't by trying to convince people that old stuff is cool it's by convincing them that they need that they always need something new. But it's the be- it's best when you can combine the two things. Here's this new 20th anniversary edition of this album. <laughs> Says the guy trying to sell uh, right. <laughs> exclusive reprints. Yeah, I'm all about combining oh. the two. Right. <laughs> That's, that is true. That's I celebrate true. the newness and the oldness. Right. It's funny how that happens that like he needed that the grunge movement to make him cool again. But then, you know, it, what it, you, know what, you know what's you know what's the most frustrating part about that aspect? It's that people at different points in their lives do both. 
it's like young people are so obsessed with what's new and then and then they become and then what was new when they were a kid be, becomes the only the best inherently right. and then they become these uh obnoxious nostalgia fuckers where nothing new is cool because it's right. new right and 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 that and then they yeah and then everybody everybody loves everything because they remember it uh, hearing it as a, or seeing it or whatever as a kid and so you get all this like nostalgic garbage so i don't it's i don't love neil young out of nostalgia it's it's mostly music from before i was born but like there's nothing more annoying than people that the youtube commenter that goes oh man this this was when this was when music was music you know right. or whatever Uh, number two for me, I didn't mean for there, there to be a, um, a, another thread connecting these two, but it, it seems to be there's always a thread connecting our choices. Uh, we had Harvest and Harvest Moon, and then we had Mirrorball, uh, Russ Never Sleeps, and then now we've got Sleeps with Angels is my uh, choice for the okay. 80s on. Um, Sleeps with Angels, of course, you could tie them together by... Combining the phrases, Russ Never Sleeps with Angels. Uh, okay. The title track came from when Kurt Cobain committed suicide. It was Neil Young wrote it after that. Right. Of course, he had quoted, hey, hey, my, mine" in his suicide note. It's, it's just a beautiful album, kind of in the same way that Tonight's the Night is. It's like this, yeah, this long dirge, but it's more varied. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not like they lock themselves in a room. I, I'm not sure how long it was recorded but it's not it's not the concept yeah. album that tonight's night is but right it's it's got the same kind of mood and vibe it doesn't open and close with the same song but they're similar in that in my heart and a dream that can last those are both like beautiful like just quiet slow songs op opening and closing the album but then you've also got like a crazy horse jam. it's a crazy horse album. you got you got this awesome crazy horse jam change your mind it's 14 minutes long it's one of my top five neil young songs um just one of his, again, classic guitar jams. Uh, uh, there's a great video on YouTube of, of them playing it at the time. You know, it, that song is tied together thematically kind of, you know, it's um, not that you can just tell somebody that wants to commit suicide to look on the bright side, but it's, it is a kind of an inspirational song as, as much as Neil Young songs can be inspirational. So yeah, Sleeps with Angels is just, it's another one of those mood albums. Yeah, Sleeps with Angels, it's a little bit more, um more like on the celebration of life side of the tribute maybe yeah then uh tonight's the night but it's still got that dark same dark vibe yeah definitely yeah. darkness i mean it's you know it's it's like a funeral album but you know right. it's more of a celebration of a funeral than um uh than like a, a commentary of wake up sort of right so um what's uh what's your number one my choice for greatest album neil young album in the 60s and 70s and um, of all time, being on the beach. Oh, on the beach. World is turning. I hope it don't turn away. I need a crowd of people, but I can't face them day. A side A man or a side B kind of guy? Uh, with On the Beach, I would have to go with side B. It's perfect. Yeah, side it's... B. Side B is 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 one of those all time great sides of an album. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the last song on the album, which I guess I I, I throw in my ramblings earlier of uh of greatest Neil Young song. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's your favorite? Yeah, I, it's up there. It's up there. It's in the it's in the mix. Uh, Am ambulance Blues. It's got, yeah, some incredible lyrics, a little Dylan-esque, but then also the the strings and the melody. Man, it's, it is quite the piece of music. It really is. 
Yeah. Um, and and the first song of side two on the the title track on the beach, man, what a great song. The the last two songs are slow, although I, I mean, ambulance blues is slow, but it's so like it swells and you, you it's not like it's like a slow song. You you risk uh, you risk uh, like getting bored during you know. Right. But uh, but uh, but you know, motion picture is another beautiful but slow song on the beach. Um, not quite as slow, but just man, another I guess meditation on uh, on Neil Young's life as a as as a disaffected a rock star at that point. Um, right. It it's just uh, and and the music is great too. But um, I I would also um, say on side A, Walk On is is a great album opener. Um, you know, <laughs> it sort of tonally is a little bit different feels a little different than the rest of it. Although, um, actually, just musically, totally. And actually, the lyrics, if you listen to them, are sort of, uh, they're not dour, but they are a little, uh, you know, walk on. It sort of has a sort of a motivating sentiment in the title, but it, it, it's actually really kind of a, another song about, you know, um, well, you know, it literally says people try to bring me down you know so all the blues there's three blues songs on the album they're all great right uh, the revolution blues about the manson murders is a fucking awesome dark creepy minor song very very cool song mm-hmm. um and and vampire blues um vampire blues is a uh, environmental song uh it's referring to oil you know companies mm-hmm. <laughs> and and people that uh you know the and the corporations that that suck humans are the vampires sucking blood from the earth basically i think vampire blues would you know or for the turnstiles the only would be the the least remarkable but still a great song or still a really good song um i love the blues yeah on the beach is up there for me too in terms of just overall yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I could listen to it really is um why why it had to go number one. Even yeah. I do the thing where like, all right, I should try one of these other albums out. And you know, I I I'm pretty good about that with Neil Young. But um oftentimes though, when I want Neil Young and um, you know, like I should do something else and I end up just I end up back on on the beach just because <laughs> I'm like I just went on the, I'm like, yeah, I know I said I was going to try, I was going to try, I was going to listen to American Stars and Bars this time, but I was like, nah, <laughs> on the beach again, let's go. You know, I mentioned the Minneapolis show we went to, that was the fourth of four shows he did all in different venues in Minneapolis, kind of rewarding us because he hadn't played in Minneapolis in nine years. Right. And so he did four shows all in different theaters in Minneapolis. And um, the first one, I, I, I was able to get tickets for the second, third and fourth. But the first one evaded me. Um, it was, uh, you know, the smallest of the four venues, like 300 people or 400 or so, the Pantages Theater in downtown Minneapolis. And I uh, had, you know, been trying to find my way in. Then the day of the show, I'm looking, or the night, the day before the show, I'm looking. I, I went on Ticketmaster, just one last try. Um, and there was one seat available. And it was like $350, but I still jumped on it. Uh, and uh, I think that's the most I've ever paid for a concert ticket. Um, and yeah, you know, I, 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 I was in the upper balcony, but a really nice view. And I had written this thing for uh, City Pages here in Minneapolis, our alt-weekly. I uh, wrote the top 10 deep cuts that we hope Neil Young plays at his you know, run of four shows. And number one was Ambulance Blues. And so... Uh, you know, I barely got into the show. I got the the very last ticket. And then, yeah, number one on my list was Ambulance Blues. What does he open with? Ambulance Blues. I'm not nice. saying he read the article, but it was the first time he played it since 2008. And that was the only time on the, in all of 2019 that he played it. He I, play think, it show. I think I think Neil Young reads you. I think, I that's think the Neil Young read my article. Conclusion. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I fucking hope he got a ticket to this show. Because <laughs> I'm the only one I'm playing it at. Back in the old folky days, the air was magic when we played. The riverboat was rocking in the rain. 
midnight was the time for the raid. Uh, my number one pick for Neil Young yeah. albums from the 80s on is 1982's Perfect, Unimpeachable, Unimpeachable Trans. Unbeachable. <laughs> it's an unbeachable whale. <laughs> <laughs> Trans is oft slagged, oft misunderstood, but it is a seminal Neil Young album to me. Okay, go ahead. Why? Well, first of all, the origin story is very cool. Uh, and probably, you know, if more people, maybe if more people knew it, it'd add, uh, they'd be more forgiving or more open-minded about it. Because there's nothing that needs to be forgiven. There's no apologies Neil Young needs to make about trans, uh, yeah. about you know trying to become craftwork. Um, and, but you know, so uh, I think just like he was, uh, he's the godfather of grunge. I don't think um, yeah. I think the kind of progression in electro pop goes craftwork Neil Young, Daft Punk. Yeah, I think you get from craftwork to to Daft Punk without Neil Young. <laughs> are you going to legitimately make that case no no okay even well, even yeah the most ardent trans supporter i never i never did make the connection between uh between neil young's trans and you know trans europe express but so the story behind uh trans is uh that you know his son has cerebral palsy and he he was very young maybe five or six at the time and couldn't couldn't speak couldn't or at least not not well, not, you know, couldn't communicate with others. And so he had to speak through this kind of computer contraption. And trans was inspired by Neil Young's attempt to communicate on his level, on his son Ben's level. Um, and so a lot of times he goes into this vocoder kind of thing, you know, where he's, he sounds like a robot on trans. And, and so, uh, and that, so that's kind of the inspiration behind trans. Right. What would it be? What, what would this album sound like if 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 Stephen Hawking's speaking machine sang the lyrics? Right, right. Uh, a lot of times it is that, but it's it's in kind of informed by the cover of the album. It's got this weird sci-fi, weird eighties sci-fi kind of cover, and it just it sounds like you know. If you just close your eyes, it sounds like you're just in like a 80s computer game the whole time. But it's just, it's just really, really cool world he creates on a uh, really cool dystopian world he creates on, on trans. Uh, and I think it's got some of his greatest songs. I really do. Beautiful melodies. Uh, really, it does. Hidden in, in between all the beeps and bloops. Computer age. And, you know, the, the drum machine on that is really cool. Uh, Transformer Man. Uh, sample and hold is so so awesome. I love to annoy my wife with it by singing it to her, like as a robot. He's like, you can't quite make it out when you're listening, but if you if you read the lyrics, he's like listing his ideal woman. He's like, hair blonde, eyes blue, weight one one oh. <laughs> it's, it's it's both hilarious and it's it's awesome it's 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 badass i feel like um sample and hold is like badass in the same way that hey hey my my is um not as mm, although the album as a whole is very resonant and deep it's it, you know it's more of a that's more of a light-hearted song i feel like but it's just the riff is the riff is pummeling i should say the riff is pummeling in the same way that that hey that hey hey my my is yeah. uh and like we talked about with lots of Neil Young albums, uh, the songs go on forever when he wants them to. Sample and Old is eight minutes. Like an Inca is eight minutes. I, I think we should, that's, that's important to mention too, is that it's weird. 
because I've told people about trans that hadn't listened to it and you know I tell them to put it on and then but I but I make the caveat okay don't all these things I'm saying about it about how cool and unique and innovative it is don't judge when you put on the first song don't don't think that I'm full of shit because the first song is a little thing called love which is just like it could have come off of just right any any, like it could have come off of uh American Stars and Bars probably it sounds the most similar to uh standard Neil Young song Neil Young pop song like Harvest uh, could do without There's a World and a Man Needs a Maid. Trans is perfect because it could do without a little thing called Love. It's weird that it's the first song included on this, on his most, his just most batshit crazy album. It's such perfect. a standard Neil Young song. But yeah. then, and then also Like an Inca also isn't done in the computer voice. You know, it's not an electro rock song necessarily, but it, it fits mo- a lot more than Little Thing Called Love. Trans, I fucking love it. It's really weird. It's not what anybody expects from Neil Young. Even like landing on water or something like that is like thought to be like too far in the, just too far off the course for Neil Young, even though he loves to experiment. But trans just is that times 10. Yeah. But it, it, but it ends up being his best album. You know, like we talked about, I love the experimental detours that Neil Young takes. And this is the ultimate. Trans is the ultimate experimental detour and he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, no, it, I agree. Um, it, it's because uh, everything that you love about Neil Young is still there, just presented differently. Right. It's not like yeah. It's not like he tried to you know <laughs> joking about Kraftwerk and the from Kraftwerk to Neil Young to Daft Punk. It's not like it's not like he made a Kraftwerk album, but it, it right. was. There's still uh, song structure and stuff in there that you recognize, and uh, I think it's. Um, yeah, I think I agree that it's a worthwhile. I don't know if I love it like you, but I do think it is one of those. I don't know if it's like, you know, maybe it was hated at the time because of how jarring it was. Yeah, um, it's jarring but, if you're not expecting that. And why would right. you? Right, but, but like, I don't, I don't, I, I think, I think it's grown a, a reasonable amount of appreciation. I don't think. It's got I a cool behind it. I, I, I do think that it, it's, it's a, it's a reasonable album. It's, I don't you know, there's a lot of, uh, of albums in in the 80s that were very uh forgettable i don't think I, it's it's definitely better than those i think because also it gets associated with that that sort of period of neil young right it's it sound yeah yeah it, um but, and then you're like you didn't know like, better oh, you think is, he's hopping on the bandwagon this is the like the neil young lost his way era and then you and then you're like and and someone says like oh yeah and have you heard the one where he sings through a vocoder and like, right. They, right and they're like and you just like and you just automatically go like, oh, it's easy to make that, that narrative but it's right they'll be like oh what a, during during his worst time he's he's off the rails trying stuff that's not working and you know that this this one in on description sounds like the most preposterous oh yeah all. right yeah um, on paper, you know, it's the most ridiculous. Right, right. If you were if you were making a movie, you know, about a rock <laughs> band, and then, then they yeah. made this, it know. sounds like a Spinal Tap kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It is right. Exactly. Like if yeah, if there was like a a folk rocker version of of Spinal <laughs> right. Tap, like that, that this would be something they try. And uh, right. So there's anyway that that joke's been made in, in many a uh, rock and roll movie that it sounds like. Right. This is a uh, this is a version of, but it's not a joke. Not a joke. Not a joke. Okay, so that's our uh, that's our Neil Young list. Neil Young has just such a fascinating catalog, and if you think you know him, there's probably an album that will dispel everything you think you know about Neil Young. There's always a new weird detour he took that you didn't that you haven't listened to. Yeah, I agreed. I and that that yeah. experimentalism is is why he's one of my favorite artists of all time. We've done a lot of podcasts about Bruce Springsteen and we've done a lot, uh, you know, a fair amount of discussing Neil Young. Um, and, and sort of Neil Young is definitely different in the fact that um, he's not afraid to just sort of vomit out whatever album he wants. Right. Whereas Bruce is like the, uh, the, the over editor, like ultimate, right. you know. Uh, Always very deliberate. So different different processes there and different you know different kinds of people and um but but 
sort of that occupy a similar, you know, two sides of that similar space in, in rock history. You know? Right. So Neil Young really, for better and worse, we'll, we'll, we'll always just kind of, we'll put it out right. there. There's talk in the Bruce community, like of the lost hip hop album that sounds like Streets of Philadelphia. And right. no one knows what it sounds like or anything. But with Neil Young, you get, you've got the hip hop album. Right. He, yeah, he's always putting the, that shit out. Although, although, although he doesn't have a hip hop album, so I think Bill hasn't I, gone there. I think you gave him an idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's plenty of territory left for him to explore, and he right. can do anything reasonably well. Yeah, a Neil Young album, even if it's bad, is uh, and there are several bad ones. It's always interesting. It's never boring. Never boring. No, agreed. Well, even if, even if trans isn't for you, even even maybe, if you heard us, maybe boring. Maybe like what? Maybe what's, like. Maybe like everybody's rocking. That's cool. I wouldn't even say that's boring. It's so it's so quick. It's like twenty four minutes or something. That's true. It's not. I mean, you know, it's not, and it's not that bad. It's yeah. it's funny in spots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening to our Neil Young discussion. Um, hopefully, it's inspired you to uh, listen to something, uh, a corner of his discography that you haven't listened to, or uh, or even or something that you know well that uh, maybe you could see in a new light. Um, there's, there's so much room to explore, uh, in his catalog. Um, so, uh, thank you, Seth. Thank you for listening, everybody. And, uh, we will see you in two Fridays on Fan Talks.